When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How were the Olympics impacted by COVID-19? What do these games mean for Japan? And what can we expect to see while watching the games from home? We'll answer all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hordasek. On July 23rd, as many as 11,000 athletes from an estimated 206 countries will converge on Tokyo, Japan for the 2020 Olympics. And after everything we've faced in the last year, I personally can't wait to enjoy these games. I am ready to see the world's greatest athletes show pride in their countries, foster community, exhibit sportsmanship, and then get down to some incredible competition. When you think about it, the Olympic Games are kind of like all the best things in life combined. But our journey to these Olympic Games has been long. In fact, Tokyo has been prepping for these games since 2013 when they beat out Istanbul, Turkey and Madrid, Spain for the right to host the games. Then in the final stretch of their years long preparation, a global pandemic hit and the games were postponed an entire year. So to talk through everything we need to know to get ready for the Olympics, I am joined by FoxNews.com sports editor Ryan Gatos. Ryan, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. All right, the Olympics. This is a really fun topic. I'm excited to unpack everything. Uh, Let's start by setting the scene here. Now, the International Olympic Committee chose Tokyo to host the 2020 Olympics way back in September of 2013. Istanbul and Madrid were also in consideration. So, Ryan, why was Tokyo chosen? Can you just take me through that process? Tokyo Stores is, uh, you know, provides a pretty um, important spot. There's a lot a lot of stadiums already built in Tokyo. Um, it's a pretty good scene. Tokyo, uh, Tokyo has already hosted the Olympics um, once before. So going back to Tokyo seems to, to make sense in that regard. Right. So we should talk first about COVID-19 because that's something we can't ignore. That's something that's completely different about this year's games than we've seen in the past. So how has COVID-19 impacted the games? You know, we, we've waited, a, well, it seems like a very long time for the for these Olympics to happen. COVID hit um, March 2020 and seemed like the whole sports world shut down and then the Olympics shut down. And now the world is still dealing with with the coronavirus, but, um, you know, everybody's trying to get vaccinated. Japan right now is still really dealing with uh, the Delta variant Mm. um, and other impacts of the coronavirus. So there's going to be a lot of restrictions still in place. When, um, when things get underway uh, in, in, in a few weeks. Okay, so you mentioned those restrictions. So something different about this year, Ryan, is the Tokyo Olympics will be held without spectators. What's that going to look like? You know, it's, it's actually it's kind of a shocking turn of events. We're about three weeks away from the Olympics and there's going to be no fans. It's a bit of a, of, of a reversal from, from what uh, Tokyo officials wanted. They wanted up to 10,000 fans in stadiums, but no no more than 50% capacity in some of these venues, it's going to look totally different. If anybody watched 
an NBA game in the beginning of the season or an NFL game last year, week one, it's going to be silent. And we know that the Olympic crowds can get pretty crazy, almost like a, a rock show in a way. It's going to look totally different. Yeah. And, and again, it's, it's a huge adjustment for athletes to make as well. And for Tokyo, I'm sure they're not the happiest about it either, I would assume, because it really to, to have that many people come to the games, it also helps their economy. So how do you think that's going to affect them? Right. So the uh, Olympic, the Tokyo officials uh, were barring um, foreign spectators anyway. So only domestic spectators were going to be able to to sit in the stands and watch the games as it was. Um, but I think this is a big sign of just precautions. Uh, Japan's still dealing with the coronavirus, now the Delta variant. I think not having fans um, might be the safest option in this case because you don't want to be responsible for a total outbreak among athletes, especially if they bring something back home. Right. How how many people do we usually see at Olympics? Obviously, it depends on the venue, but but around what, what number? So some of these stadiums, like uh, Tokyo National Stadium, could really – uh, host like 65,000 plus fans. Mm. And that's not to mention, you know, families, um, media members, sponsors, all those types of people um, that, that can really fill, fill a stadium. Some of these uh, stadiums in Japan have are huge. You know, uh, Japan is a big baseball country. Um, and if you've ever seen a, a baseball game in Japan, you know those stadiums are rocking. Oh, yeah, completely. How do you think Japan feels about hosting the Olympics uh, following and kind of still during a global pandemic? I think I think Japan really wants to host the Olympics and really wants it to get underway. I mean, they, they've spent a lot of money on advertising and uh, different, different types of structures to get ready for the Olympics. But there's always that concern about a possible outbreak among athletes having to cancel games. I mean, we've seen it. We saw it last year in, in baseball here with it, where games having to be postponed or pushed back. I mean, the Olympics are only two weeks. Um, I, I feel like in some cases, you know, Japan really wants this to happen. And then mm-hmm. in other cases, they're really sort of, you know, hoping that uh, nothing really goes wrong. Right. It's that balance of risk and reward for sure. How does rescheduling the Olympic Games from 2020 to 2021 affect future Olympic Games? Because we know that they don't happen every year. Right. So the, the Olympics take place every four years and in, in um, normal circumstances, they would have happened in 2020. But um, they're still on track to have the games in 2024. Uh, in J- July 11th is the start is the target date, at least they're going to be in Paris. So hopefully um, the schedule stays the same. So is this a true postponement? If you I'm just thinking about the athletes who qualified for the 2020 games. Do you automatically qualify for 2021 if you had previously already done so? I I don't believe there were any trials during 2020 because usually trials happen, like, like I said, a month before the Olympics. So, I mean, in March, everything came to a halt last year. I don't think there were trials at all. So nobody qualified for the 2020 Olympics. Nobody qualified. No. Got it. The Olympic trials happened about a month or two, two months ago to, to have all the all, to be qualified for Team USA. So if you qualified during that time, you would be on the Olympic roster. Got it. We always look forward to certain names at the Olympics. There's kind of people who stand out. Who are some of the most famous Olympians going to the Games this year? 
So, I mean, the basketball team is always filled with stars. So on the men's side, you have Kevin Durant, fresh off an early uh, playoff exit with the Brooklyn Nets. He's ready to bring gold back to the United States and Tokyo. On the women's side, you have WNBA legends like Sue Byrne and Diana Taurasi, also ready to bring gold back. If you look in the pool, you know, we're not going to have Michael Phelps or even a Ryan Lochte this time around. So we'll have to focus on guys like Kayla Dressel and Ryan Murphy to be household names. On the female side of the pool, you have the legendary Katie Ledecky ready to go. And mm-hmm. also we have a newcomer in Katie Grimes, who's 15 years old, Ooh. ready to jump into the pool for the Olympic team. How amazing is that? Oh, that's the best. And uh, Katie Ledecky just keeps breaking her own records as well. Yeah. But think about it. Like, to be 15 years old and go to the Olympics. I mean, I I can't even imagine. That takes a lot of growing up because you're also going to Tokyo, Japan, <laughs> and you're competing right. amongst the best of in the entire world. Right. And uh, Katie Grimes really earned her spot. She finished um, right behind Katie uh, Ledecky in, in the Olympic trials. Um, and she's definitely going to be somebody that we're going to be watching for sure in the pool in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Quick question for you about the opening ceremony. How is that going to look different? So like, like we were saying before, with with the absence of fans, I mean, it's only going to be about uh, two uh, two Olympians from at least the United States uh, carrying carrying the flag. Um, even even things leading up to, to even that event. I mean, the, the torch relay is not going to have spectators, so it's it's going to look a lot different. You won't have fans screaming and cheering for uh, United States or other countries. It'll be very quiet, a lot less fanfare for sure. Do you think that there's a, a stigma attached to this year's games in a way? Like if you win a gold medal, do you think it's going to be looked at the same as if you were to win a gold medal in a past games? I think I think that there's definitely two sides uh, to that aspect. I mean, we won't have, obviously, we won't have a lot of fans in the stands. But I think if... Um, I think the debate in sports is whether some of these seasons that are affected by the coronavirus have an asterisk around it. And I I think that's a little bit unfair to the competitors because not only do they have to train for the Olympics in the middle of a global pandemic, but they have to perform on the biggest stage where now um, millions more will be watching on television. I think if anything, this gold medal should really mean more since these athletes have had to go through so much just to even get get to Tokyo itself. Yeah, and you're still competing against the same sort of talent. It's not like the talent decreased any in ways. It's You still have to put out all of the energy that you have. And like you said, it takes a lot to train during COVID. I mean, gyms were closed for a long time. And depending on your sport, that could offer a real challenge. All right, we've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What are some of the major events of these games? What spots are the standouts? I think in these games we'll have... You know, thing like like basketball and swimming, and gymnastics, but we're also looking forward to a few new games in these Olympics. We're going to have skateboarding, surfing, sport climbing, karate, 
uh, three-on-three basketball. Those, those things are new, and those things should be interested to just the casual Olympic uh person that likes to turn on the games right because you think about those sports too obviously basketball volleyball all of those things are are, are game are sports that you can play at home as well but to kind of get that uniqueness of skateboarding and karate it's it's going to be really interesting to watch and gives fans something to look forward to at home as well when we talk about maybe uh, some of the athletes, you had mentioned some big names before. There's also some who have made headlines recently. Carrie Richardson, Gwen Berry. Uh, can we just talk about those two for a second? Maybe start with Gwen Berry. She turned her back on sure. the flag. How How is that going to unfold? Sure. So as everybody knows, Gwen Berry um, protested on the podium during the uh, U.S. Olympic trials. So entering the Olympics, athletes have specific rules set by the International Olympic Committee for protesting or doing a political gesture. Athletes are are allowed to protest before the event takes place, but they're not allowed to protest or have any political gestures when they're on the podium or during a competition. I know uh, Barry has said she's still undecided on what she will do regarding political gestures, but we've seen in the past that the IOC IOC does take some action if there are political protests during the Olympics. Right. So we'll have to to see if she does that on the podium or, or during the actual event. Um, and then what about Shakari Richardson? Shakari Richardson uh, tested positive for THC after the Olympic trials. She she received a 30 day ban. Her Olympic qualifying winning run nullified because of the positive test. And then she was left off the Olympic relay after that. The World Anti-Doping Agency has a set of rules that classifies cannabis use as a substance of abuse. And violating those rules definitely puts a damper on any Olympian's hopes for making the, the team. Unfortunately for Richardson, it happens at a time where she's trying to, to qualify for the Olympics. And because she's caught, she, she would not be able to attend Tokyo at all. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite sport in the Olympic Games? I played basketball for for so long, from third grade until senior high school. So I'm I'm pretty pumped to watch Durant, Kevin Love, um, Sue Bird, Tarazi, all all these competitors really go out there and compete. I, I really I really hope uh, I really hope they bring back the gold. Honestly. Oh, completely. That would be that would be great to watch, right? I will say, I'm curious about your opinion on Kevin Durant because we saw Jalen Rose come out with a comment about him as well. Do you think he deserves to make the team? I think I think Kevin Love does deserve to make the team. I know his statistics definitely weren't there last year. Um, in a shortened season, he only played 25 games. Um, but he does have Olympic experience. He has uh, won gold. He won gold with the team in 2012. He was with the team during uh, some of the... FIBA qualifying games in the, in the past. USA Basketball has said that his Olympic experience and his national team presence is was a big factor over some of the other guys like Julius Randle of the Knicks. Um, I think I think he brings a lot of experience to, especially for some of the young guys who haven't been on the team before. He could kind of tell them what to expect and what it, what it's like. And you know, the coaches are. Greg Popovich and Mike Krzyzewski, and they're no-nonsense guys. They're mm-hmm. going to work Kevin Love to the bone like it's the regular season. So he knows what to expect. And I think it's good to have Kevin Love on there, too, because he's such a big advocate for mental health in recent years, too. So having sort of that, uh, the face of the NBA like in that respect is really important. 
he's a great asset for some some of the athletes right now because as we know mental health issues just skyrocketed during the pandemic and this is coming off of a pandemic and then add that into training for four years and then having that postponed it's a mental toll it takes a mental toll on on a lot of those athletes so I think you made a really good point there that he's probably a perfect person to have on that team regardless of uh, what he does on the court I totally agree I want to finish with this, Ryan. What do you think is the biggest thing for people to know about this year's Olympic Games, how they're going to be different from from the past, or what someone should just know in general about these athletes who are going to be traveling to Tokyo? I think, you know, with a lot of the sports, especially in the United States, it's going to feel almost like watching sports in 2020 again, where there's going to be barely any crowds. You know, these, these athletes are going to have to go to Tokyo, quarantine for a couple of days or a couple of weeks and then get right back in into the swing of things. I think I don't think fans should be surprised if maybe a, an, a famous athlete test positive for coronavirus might have to miss a few games for the Olympics th- themselves. I think fans should be in for a real not so much like a culture shock in a way, but they, they should really expect there to be it should look definitely different from previous Olympics. But I think also fans should really tune in to some of the some of the new sports that we were talking about. Skateboarding, surfing, sport climbing, baseball and softball are back uh, on the menu too. Those games haven't been around since 2008. So I think the uh, the casual Olympics watcher um, is really going to have a good time watching it on TV. But again, don't expect there to be a raucous crowd in any of these stadiums. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for all of your time. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to the Olympic Games and go Team USA. Go Team USA. Thank you, Abby. All right. If you missed anything from class, these are my office hours. And here are some top takeaways from my conversation with Ryan Gatos on the 2020 Olympics. Number one. Ryan says Tokyo was chosen because it already has a lot of stadiums and they hosted the games before. When you think about it, to host the Olympics takes a lot. You have to organize the events. You got to find space, make sure your staff plus navigate the added complications of COVID-19 safety precautions. So if you have the resources already and you know what you're doing, that offers a huge advantage. Number two, it's no surprise the Olympic Games are going to look a lot different this year given COVID-19. Tokyo was considering allowing 10,000 fans, but in a reversal, they announced there will be no fans allowed, even domestic ones. That'll change the energy, the look, and the landscape of the Games from what we've seen in the past. And number three, Per International Olympic Committee rules, athletes are not allowed to make political gestures on the podium or during the event. So if an athlete like Gwen Berry decides to protest from the podium during the games, the IOC can take action. All right. Thanks so much for joining me during this lesson on the Olympic Games. For more podcasts, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen and leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.